Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner Podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. The following is an interview with Ben Veach. Ben competed for Carmel High School and graduated in 2016. During his time at Carmel, he was a five-time state champion, twice in cross-country, twice in the 3200, and once in the 1600. In addition to being a five-time state champion, Ben has many more high-up finishes in the state tournament and at national meets, including a second-place finish at NXN his senior year. Upon graduation from Carmel, he joined Indiana University. At IU, Ben was many times All-Big Ten and All-Region, with an All-American finish in the 5,000 and a victory in the 10K at the Big Ten Championships. Upon graduation from IU, Ben has recently signed with Under Armour Dark Sky, based out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Ben was an awesome guest. His love for team, his ability to persevere, and continue to believe in himself even when things get rough, and the balance with which he approaches life were awesome to talk about. As always, I hope you all enjoy the interview as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Ben Beach. recorded all right ben welcome to the indiana runner podcast thank you thank you for having me yeah absolutely so we're going to start off like we have been with a little tear talk are you familiar a little bit yep okay okay cool so this uh in the spirit of the season of the month chose uh favorite halloween candy for our tear talk um do you want me to go first or do you want me to go are you yeah you lead it off you lead it off okay cool i don't think anyone's gonna agree with my list but a little bit there's a theme to it i think you'll see pretty early on um so number three for me my third tier is nerds (laughs) i said i have like fond memories of like you know those little boxes of nerds you get for halloween just just taking them taking them all back on halloween night just the the big sugar rush you know Mm mm-hmm so that's my number three. Number two is Skittles. Um, okay, that's respectable. I, I I like that one a little bit more than your third pick. But. Okay. <laughs> See, I feel like with candy, and like really with anything like dessert-like, I always wish I, I don't know, I don't know how you describe the two categories, but like sour and then like chocolate, you know? Yeah. Like whenever I go to get ice cream, if I get like chocolate or caramel or something, I always wish I got like strawberry so yeah no definitely a candy guy over a chocolate guy yeah yeah for sure um so two skittles and then number one i think this is my all-time favorite candy just like period is sour patch kids a little sour sweet gun you know that's really respectable uh i'm I'm a sour patch kids fan myself i don't think it's going to quite crack my top three but um i think for third i think for third i'm gonna have to go with the snickers just a classic Snickers, mm-hmm. uh, always hits the spot. It always satisfies. Um, number two, I think I'm going to go with the mini chewy sweet tart. Uh, they come in the, like the little, little pebbles. Um, yeah. But they are, they're always like a, like a movie theater favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. And then um, number one is probably going to have to be the Reese's. My whole family loves Reese's. Nice. Um, my dad and my brother uh, that's their favorite they'll for sure say that every single time so it still is my favorite but i'm not quite as vocal about it because i like a lot of these <laughs> as well 
um you know we're a Reese's family so I like the pumpkins I like the like the the seasonal ones so like the trees or the pumpkins yeah are those all like the same ingredients just different shapes yeah all those all the yeah they're the same like ratio of peanut butter to chocolate I think yeah yeah a lot more peanut butter than the than the standard Reese's cup so nice so when I was prepping for this, I wanted to like, you know, get a full list of all the candies just so I could make sure I knew what I wanted to choose from. Um, yeah. Like every list I looked that I saw, Reese's was number one. So yeah, so. it's quite, it's quite popular. It's quite popular for a reason. Um, honorable mention would have to be the Milk Dud. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> um, but that was something, you know, whenever I went over to my grandparents' house, they'd have a box of Milk Duds. And so that was one is more of a nostalgic pick for me, but okay. A little yeah. questionable, but it's all good. Cool. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this. I'm excited for, for the interview, for sure. Uh, so we're going to start by taking it all the way to the, to the beginning. Uh, so how did you get into running? Did you do other things when you were growing up? Um, yeah, just walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten this question quite a few times, um, and every time the story is the same. I, uh, my best friend Zach Leinheiser, we met in I think first grade, elementary school, and uh, he was my roommate for the past six years before I moved out to Flagstaff. But um, he and I would always, you know, we played tag at recess or whatever it was, and we always thought, you know, we were the fastest playing tag, and so we just decided to join what at the time was called the conditioning club um in elementary school in third grade i think and uh we joined at that time and um it sort of blossomed from there um it sort of became this fun thing that we did together to something we ended up being pretty good at and we ran in high school together we were on the same varsity teams and um just sort of grew from there okay did you guys like in elementary school did you ever do like races on recess like yeah I'm just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had a, uh, we had a timed mile every year. Um, okay. Yeah, I was never, I, I wasn't the fastest. I was up there. I was in the top two or three, but um, I think Matthew George or Zach Lineheiser, two, two friends from my childhood were, were always a little bit quicker than me, but um, yeah. Okay. So did you enjoy it right away? Like, did you know you wanted to continue with this or? Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely did enjoy it. Um, it was something that was fun. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was also because we were kind of good at it. Um, but you know, that wasn't the only sport I played. You know, I probably had a lot more fun playing soccer or basketball. Those are my other two main sports. Um, soccer. I would, I played travel soccer up until, uh, probably ninth grade, um, where I gave it up in high school. And so, um, no, I loved soccer. I loved basketball and those are a lot more, uh, entertaining or fun, um, mm-hmm. than just, just running. Um, but you know, running is, it's unique because you can fall in love with it. And that's hard to say as something that's so brutal a lot of times and <laughs> something that's hard and, and not that enjoyable at times, but, um, it sort of finds a special place in your heart if you, if you really, if you really truly enjoy it. And so, mm-hmm. um, luckily that happened for me. Yeah. Was it a tough decision between like soccer, maybe basketball and running? Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to give it up. I didn't want to give soccer up, but, um, it just got to the point where, you know, I was clearly really good at ride running, um, in middle school at the end of middle school and going into my freshman year at high school. And, um, it just wasn't something that was possible to do both. And, um, it's not something I regretted by any means. I, you know, I'd still love to, um, go shoot, you know, 
play around with the soccer ball at, at, at the local field and things like that. And I always, you know, I always play basketball. Um, we just got back from a Under Armour um, like team event. It's called Under Armour Run Fest in Baltimore. And, you know, they mm-hmm. happen to have a, a basketball goal in the Under Armour headquarters, you know, where Steph Curry does his prototype testing or whatever. And nice. um, we, were, we were playing knockout and I, the guy from Indiana represented uh, yeah, Indiana yeah. basketball and everything in the state. And so, uh, I took home I took home the win in the knockout competition, so I was proud to represent Indiana in that regard. There we go. Actually, I lived in Baltimore for a year, and uh, I yeah. run past the the number like headquarters quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's a cool city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Casey Comer is? Absolutely. Yeah, he was okay. at the he was at the Run Fest too. Okay. Because does he run for Dark Sky? He runs for uh, the Under Armour Group in Baltimore. It's I think okay. Baltimore, they're more distance, um, but he also he runs for Under Armour and he's in the Baltimore Group. Okay, cool. Yeah, I did a I did like one or two five Ks while I was living in Baltimore, and yeah. like he he did one of them like with us and won by like a minute like jogging. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's a great runner. Um, yeah, yeah, he would, he would probably clean up in that field. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um so heading into high school um what uh like what expectations did you have like obviously you knew you had some talent um but yeah what what was your mind at like heading into high school yeah I went to Carmel High School and probably not to anybody's surprise on this but um they were pretty good uh when I came in as a freshman and uh there were a lot of older guys on the team a lot of seniors and I was by no means on the varsity when I first got there. Um, I started out running JV races and worked my way up. Um, I didn't really feel like there was any pressure. Um, I mainly just thought how best to, how best could I help the team? And usually that's Mm -hmm. by running fast. And so the focus at Carmel was always, you know, for the betterment of the team um, to make sure that you're doing the best, you're holding others accountable. And so when I came in, uh, there were a lot of older guys like Bobby Browning and Ben Anderson and Michael George, who really showed me the ropes, shepherded me in um, and took me under their wing. And it, it resulted in a pretty successful cross country season as a freshman. I think I finished 20 something um, and we, we won the state championship that year. Um, and I was, I think, our third or fourth guy. Um, and we rolled that that confidence in, into Nike cross nationals. We qualified for Nike cross nationals my freshman year and qualified as our sophomore year. And, um, that because the team was so good when I, when I came, it really made me quickly appreciate how good the competition was in Indiana. I immediately was in a state meet because of the team. I was immediately at a Nike cross regionals meet or a Nike cross nationals meet where you're running against a lot of great competition solely because my team was really good. And I got to experience that high level of competition very early on. And so I think that was a blessing um, early on in my career to just be able to handle those bigger meets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so having success early, like was there pressure heading into the rest of your your college or your high school season? Or Yeah, what? I mean, I wouldn't lie and say there wasn't. There's, there are yeah. certain expectations, you know, with – running really well there's a lot of spotlight on you and there's a lot of there is a lot of pressure but that's not unhealthy I I think it's good to have to be nervous it's good to have a certain dose of it um obviously if you're too nervous it can it can be debilitating um but having nerves is part of the process I mean I get nervous before every race I run 
I get nervous a lot of times before workouts and it's just because, you know, you're challenging yourself to do something that's really difficult and difficult things are nerve wracking. Um, but challenging yourself, overcoming and doing difficult things and coming out the other side makes you, um, know that you can do it and helps build confidence. So ultimately you can overcome those nerves and just execute what you've been trained to do. Absolutely. Were there any like moments maybe early on in high school or even just throughout high school where you like really fell in love with running, fell in love with the sport? It's, it's, it's really hard not to get, I mean, I think the, the, the quote from Brad Pitt and Moneyball is it's, it's hard not to get romantic about baseball, um, but it's hard <laughs> not to get romantic about running uh, when you're exposed to a state championship when you're a freshman. And mm. we were underdogs going into that meet. Uh, in the semi-state, I think we got third at the semi-state. And so uh, we were big underdogs. We were slated to get fourth or fifth or something like that. Um, and to sort of pull off this upset that really started a dynasty on the male side of, of Carmel cross country, it, it was really special. And it was just because we did it as a team. We had no one that was in the top 10 or even the top 15, but we had five guys from 20th to 30th. We had a really tight spread. We ran as a team. And um, when you train every day together and you see it culminate like that, it, it's, it's, it's hard not to get romantic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really when I fell in love with the sport, um, that first team championship. Okay. I can respect that. Um, what about the, the flip side, the lows, were there any times where you question the sport question, why not choose soccer or something? Yeah. I mean, those things always happen. Um, I think they're most evident when, when you, you get injured and, you know, injuries part of running any, any great runner from, Olympic champions down to your high school athletes will all say that, you know, they've gotten injured at some point or had to deal with injury. And I I had my first real dose of that uh, my junior year in high school. I had a stress reaction in my femur and Mm -hmm. we detected that probably about halfway through the cross country season. I ran the Trinity invite, which was a meet down in Louisville, Kentucky um, against guys like Zach Snyder and Cooper Williams. And I was able to come out with the win that day, but shortly after we, you know, figured out something was wrong and I had to take a month off and not that I ever questioned, you know, what I was doing, but it definitely was some, was some dreary days, some days Mm -hmm. that I had days where I was like, okay, why am I getting up at 5.00 AM to go aqua jog in the pool with all the Carmel high school swimmers and (laughs) doing doubles and getting on the bike and just cross training my butt off. So that when I, I knew the short end of the window, my, the doctor I saw said four to six weeks. So that four week window would have put me at the semi-state. And so I knew that that was my opportunity to get back. Um, and yeah, I mean, it all worked out in the end. I, I crossed trained my butt off every day. I, you know, I thought, you know, my teammates were out there running and I owed it to them to give everything I could. And um, it worked out in the end. I ended up winning the state championship that year, my first individual state championship. And it was a, it was a pretty legendary meet. I mean, me and Zach Snyder down to the line, mm-hmm. came down to a lean 5k race, which is not very common. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that, that was a special season. Um, and I think the lesson is, you know, no matter the hardship, you're always going to have the opportunity to work through it. And hopefully that hard work can pay off. And for me, it was pretty immediate. Um, but that's not often the case. I've had injuries where I was down for a while came back maybe a little too early, got re-injured, you know, mm-hmm. that, that cycle can be vicious. Um, 
so it hasn't been a fairy tale ending the whole every, every single time but um just knowing that you know running is a long-term sport you know i've been doing this now for like 12 years probably longer for 15 years probably so um if you would have told me that a long time ago i mean i would have said you're crazy but you know <laughs> here we are and i get today as, as a little bit of a profession so mm-hmm. um it's, it's, it's been a really cool journey and it's not without its faults. You know, I don't think the journey would be worth it if it weren't for those blow moments. Yeah. When did, when did that dream like not become crazy? Like if you would have told yourself in high school that you'd be a pro runner, would you think you're crazy or? Yeah. I mean, that was always the goal. The goal was always, you know, to compete on, to compete for, you know, United States teams. You know, I, I've always had a dream to run in the Olympics and, you know, so in high school, I would have, I would have been very confident and cocky and would have said, oh, of course. <laughs> and it probably wouldn't have been until college where I realized, you know, how much work it actually takes to get to that level. I mean, it, mm. there is a significant jump from high school to college. And then from college to pro running, it's an even bigger jump. Mm-hmm. And so even though I found some success pretty early on in college, there was a lot of work to be done. And so there were definitely days in in college, especially during COVID where I thought, okay, this might not, you know, this might be it. This might be the last, you know, year I have of running for IU. And those opportunities might not present themselves. Um, it was a little bit of a reality shock for sure. And, you know, just working through that and getting to where I am today. Um, it, it's been pretty gratifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any like stories or memories or so was, was also the coach, your head coach all four years? Yeah, he, not all four. Um, okay. He became the head coach my junior year, and okay. we did implementing his training my sophomore year. So my freshman year, we I wasn't under Alto training. He was an assistant coach, but we hadn't switched over to his programming yet. And then my second year, we started um, being coached by Coach Altavote. And then the following year, he, he took the head coach job. So the head coach in my first two years um, was a guy by the name of Doc Bell. Um, and yeah, he, he was he was a great guy, so. Cool. Um, so what, uh, do you have any like stories or memories of, of Altavote, um, or his training or anything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his, <laughs> his training is, is definitely a little, it's definitely unique. Um, it's very structured and, and it has to be, um, with a team as large as Carmel says, when you have 150 guys in the cross country team, um, he does a great job at coaching a lot of kids and getting them to improve, um, by significant margins. And, um, I mean, I could talk about, you know, the workouts we did all day long, but, you know, one thing that always, that, that sticks out in my mind from Alto's training days is, um, we were doing a, uh, I think it was a three, two, one. So a three mile, two mile, one mile, um, broken up by like five to 10 minutes of rest. And on the last mile, he would always, he would always station himself at like 200 to go mm-hmm. and he would take off and try to <laughs> You take off. I would have run, you know, I've run, you know, five and five and three quarter miles at this point or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would take off, you know, like 10 meters in front of me, the last <laughs> 200. And I'd have to chase him down. And that was always pretty fun. Um, just a lighthearted memory. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he was a teacher at the school. And so we had study, I had his study hall and we'd you know, go over numbers and stats and results from other, other states. And, um, mm-hmm. Now he, he's a running guru. He's a running nerd a little bit. And, <laughs> sure. um, you know, we have to share that in common, just, you know, porn over the data and whatnot. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, we did a similar workout 
like a week ago and he didn't he didn't yeah. do the final 200 but i'd love to see that <laughs> well cole matisse is, is, is a little faster than i was so he's probably uh and he's a little older now so he's, he's probably uh not capable of about kicking <laughs> you can tell Maybe. me that, so i'm Great. sure he'll watch this yeah yeah um so like being so good on, on a high school team that's so large like how did you like navigate like and i'm just thinking about if i was as good as you were and interacting with maybe guys that aren't as fast or you just don't run with on a daily basis like how were you able to to stay grounded to stay humble to interact with all of your teammates um yeah well, you know, a little perspective is healthy and looking back on it, I definitely wasn't the most humble kid, mm. um, at the time, but you know, I definitely learned to mature, I hope. Um, but one of the things I always preached and tried to lead by example was, you know, it, it is all about the team, you know, cross country is run and running in general is viewed as an individual sport, but, um, I think there's nothing more beautiful than seven guys going out on a line, knowing how much work each of each of you have put in grinding every day together and going out and doing it together. Um, there's no one really out there on the course that knows what you guys have gone through. It's just, it's just you guys, you seven runners. Um, I think there's something beautiful in that. And that's what I tried to stress to everybody. I mean, from the last guy on the team to the top, I mean, if the last place person pushes the second place, second to last person, the second to last person mm-hmm. pushes the third to last person and it just pushes all the way up. Um, you can see pretty amazing results. And, you know, I always took it upon myself. We had a Carmel team camp over the summer and I would learn everybody's name on the team. Um, and it would take me, you know, the whole four days of, of the running camp um, and messing up plenty of times, but I've tried mm-hmm. to know everybody's name so that when I watched, you know, our JV guys race, you know, I could, I could cheer for them all by name. And mm-hmm. I mean, they knew who I was because I was leading the team, but I wanted to make sure that they felt that they were known. And, um, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope that message got through. I know there were definitely probably times where I wasn't the most humble of, of people, but, um, looking back on it and, and maturing a little bit, uh, I hope, I, I hope I left a positive impact and, um, your, your legacy is what you leave behind. And I hope my legacy at Carmel is something to be proud of. So, um, it's much better than any winning any race or, um, setting a PR, you know, the, the mm-hmm. connections you make, the partnerships you make, those are the things that you're going to remember. So, yeah, definitely. I really like that. Um, uh, I think even from like a coaching perspective, like coming onto a new team with a hundred kids, just, yeah, like you said, learning their names and, I know, it's easy to like gravitate towards the better guys um, just because yeah. like they're running in the bigger meets, things like that. But just like the little moments with the guys that, you know, aren't as fast, but like, you know, those moments are meaningful like for them. I think that's, yeah, like you said, that's what makes it worth it for sure. Um, yeah. So you obviously accomplished a lot in your four years at Carmel. Um, is there anything that you're like most proud of or any, yeah, any accomplishment? I mean, anytime, anytime the team at the team championship is really special. Um, I, w- I was able to be part of some pretty great teams and we won five, won five team titles, two in track, three in cross. Um, in my sophomore year, uh, our team finished fifth at Nike cross nationals, um, which was the highest we'd ever finished. And that was, so that was, that was a really cool experience. That was probably one of the most fun meets I've ever had in high school. 
and one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, besides that, you know, winning the Mental Attitude Award um, is always something you know you, you cherish because it's not just you know how fast you are; it's it's about you know your grades, your character, um, and so that was that was pretty special as well. Um, other than that, you know, looking back on it, I mean, the, the, the championships are always fun. The PRs are fun. The records are fun, but you know, they obviously don't last. I mean, Cole Matisse and Zach Carr, I thought my, I thought my school records would last forever. And you know, mm-hmm. here's Cole Matisse six years later and he's broken every single one of them. And there's nothing you can do. And like, it's just, it's just gratifying to see the, the sport and, and, and everybody get faster um, and the sport being elevated. And ultimately I'm just proud of, you know, the people I met, the relationships I made and um, the connections I have, you know, going through this process of from going from college to professional, there's been a lot of people that reached out, a lot of people that check in and, and ask about it and, and, and really care. And I think that's the coolest thing about all of this is that mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who support me, a lot of people who love me. And um, it's just cool to see all that support when something like this happens. And so um, those are the things that I'm most proud of for sure. Cool. Um, before we move on to, to IU, um, is there anything in your high school career, even before that, that you want to touch on or anything that comes to mind? Um, I, I, I mean, I guess my message to just high school runners is really just enjoy the sport. I mean, not everybody, I mean, I don't know what the, like only 97% of people don't go to college to run or you know I don't know what the stats are but it's something that's school like that um and looking back on it having having the ability of perspective you really just realize that you know you're the friendships and the moments you had matter um don't stress too much about it it's supposed to be fun you know training is hard and everything but don't overstress the races it's those are the moments you're supposed to enjoy and you know ultimately like I think one of the best things you can do is go to the line smiling just excited to race excited to see what you can do um, yeah, I, the people you meet, the friendships you make are going to be lifelong in this sport. Um, and those connections can be real. I mean, I've, there will be people from my high school team, especially my best friend, Zach Einheiser, who will, you know, be in my wedding party eventually, and we'll be friends for life. And so, you know, you'll have stories to share and, and, and laughs to have and, um, just enjoy it. it it's, it's, it, you don't have to take it all that seriously. Mm, for sure. I was, uh, I was talking to one of our sophomores and kind of telling him a similar thing. Like, I know you grind all summer you're doing all these workouts, all this mileage. And it's so easy to, as far as like running goes, so easy to forget, like you're there to race and to like, to try to run fast, you know, um, like you get to this line, you've, you put in so much work. Um, I like what you had to say, like, you know, enjoy it. Like you've, you've done the work, have fun, you know? I mean, I can't tell you the amount of bus rides I've had where we've ran horrible, like we ran horribly and, you know, we got chewed out by coach, not even in high school, but in college too. And like, it'll last, like the hangover will last for 30 minutes. But I mean, how many bus rides I've had from back from Wisconsin university where we didn't run well, and it's a six and a half hour bus ride back. And by like hour two, we're all just laughing and playing cards yeah. and having fun again. Uh, it's about having a short memory and just looking forward to the next one. Yeah. What? how different do you think you would be like at the end of your high school career if you hadn't run? Oh, I'd probably be in med school, um, studying like 12 hours a day. It probably wouldn't be the <laughs> most fun thing, but, um, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'd probably have a different friend group uh, if I didn't run in, in, in college. You know, a lot of my friends today are from from the team. Um, that's pretty much 95% of my social circle. Um, so, yeah, not running at IU would have been life changing. Um, I probably wouldn't have had as much fun or done difficult things. I mean, running is difficult and I, I cherish the lessons I've learned and I, I probably wouldn't be, you know, the man I am today um, without the things I learned through running in college. For sure. Okay. Before we go to college, we're doing a new segment. Are you down for that? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. It's called this or that. I thought I made it up, but definitely didn't. Um, a little rapid fire. Yep. Yep. So you can, you can just, you can just answer it or you can give a little little explanation too, if you'd like. Um, So first one is half tights or split shorts. I'm going to say split shorts, but half tights are growing on me quite Mm. a bit. All right. Uh, Yeah. I feel like I go through phases, but uh, all right. Question two, running in the heat of summer or dead of winter. They're both terrible in their own ways but i'm gonna go with dead of winter <laughs> okay heat is heat is brutal for sure uh a long tempo or repeat repeat 400s repeat 400s long tempos are some of the things i dread the most but really also the things i work on the most um yeah i mean in, in high school it's weird because that's pretty much all i did you know long tempos long extended efforts um but then i found indoor track in college and you know i love i love some good 400s so okay when i typed out that question i thought for sure you'd say long tempo i don't know why but full surprise Glad I could surprise yeah yeah <laughs> um dirt road or wooded trail for running <laughs> i'm gonna have to say dirt road because i've i've rolled my ankle way too many times on a wooded trail mm, that's fair uh movie or tv series Movies, movies all day. Mm. Have you watched any good ones recently? Recently, um, no. I mean, do you have any, uh, do you have any all-time favorites? But no, my all-time favorites are for sure uh, the Dark Knight mm. um, with the joke with Heath Ledger's Joker, and then uh, Ocean's Eleven with Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Uh, those are for sure the top two. Dang, respect. Those are good ones. Um. Yeah. Morning or night? Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, mountains or beach? Mountains. Nice. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. You know, I really, I think I tweeted for the first time in like six years. Last nice. Month, so mainly just retweeting favorite stuff, but Instagram for sure. Okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. That's the quickest answer. Dogs. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> Oh, uh, there you go. Do you have a dog? Uh, not with me, but my family has one. His name's Yogi. He's, he's, I've had dogs. Our, our family's had dogs my whole life. So, Okay. Dogs I think you'll get one eventually? Yeah, I think so. Um, probably not until maybe medical school in a couple of years. Um, with running, there's a lot of travel and long times when I won't be at home. So uh, mm-hmm. probably not smart to get a dog right now. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so oversleep or undersleep? So let's say like you're maybe five to ten minutes late for something, or you like wake up three hours before you're supposed to, and you can't fall back asleep. I I am sickler for being on time, but sleep is so mm. important that you have to oversleep. <laughs> okay, undersleep is not 
it's not an option when you're a runner. So oversleep. Okay. I can respect that. Okay, cool. So that is the end of that segment. Appreciate it. Uh, so the wrapping up your high school career, um, I guess, when did you know you wanted to run in college? Was it from the jump or? Yeah, it was pretty much from the jump. Um, yeah, as I said, you know, I, I always wanted to be, you know, at the highest level of the sport and, um, always viewed myself as a high achiever and that's what I wanted to shoot for. So college was definitely in the plans. Okay. Um, what was the recruiting process like? Like where all were you considering? Yeah. I mean, ultimately I, I took four visits. I visited North Carolina, Wisconsin, Stanford, and Indiana. Um, and it came down to Stanford or Indiana, um, ultimately and chose Indiana. Um, it's, Recruiting is a little bit of a wild process, um, trying to figure out what's right for you. Um, and I think, you know, the visits are the most valuable thing, you know, the phone calls and the scholarships and the, the, the facilities, I think they're all a little superficial. I think visiting a team, knowing the guys, seeing how you'll fit on the team, um, is the most important thing. Cause ultimately when you join a team, you're going to spend the next four or five years at that university. You're going to spend a lot of time with the team, your social circle, you could meet, your future wife, your future best man, your best friends for life. Like there's a lot of social connections um, mm -hmm. and things that like, if you, I look at my parents and all their friends are from, are from college. Not one of a single one of them are from high school. And so um, it's really a good perspective to take that these people are going to be in your life for a long time and making sure that you're in the right group and you're in the right fit are, are really important. Yeah. What was the deciding factor for IU? Just that really, I mean, the, 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 the team, um, being able to come in and immediately fit in, feel like you're really wanted there. Um, you know, a lot, there are, there are a lot of coaches around the country that know what they're doing and every single university that I visited had, had a good coach and a good program and, and a history of success. Um, so I really wasn't worried about that. I was really just worried about how I was going to fit on the team, you know, who I was going to hang out with. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about the decisions I made. Yeah. I feel like I know the answer to this, but are you a homebody? Like, was that a factor at all? Like, was it nerve wracking thinking about moving far away? Yeah. At the time, uh, yeah, probably. Um, I, at the time I probably said, I, I didn't vocalize that. I, I, if I was asked that, I probably would have said no. Um, but being at home was nice. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't next door, but a couple mm -hmm. hours from home. Um, and so yeah, that was probably a factor. It definitely wasn't the top five factor in my decision, but, um, okay. probably a subconscious. For sure. So, uh, what was the transition like to IU? Was it immediate success or how was it? Um, a little bit of, a little bit of both probably. Um, I came in and I, I did run cross country my true freshman year. Uh, we were on the team. Um, I was our third guy most of the year. Uh, I won Big Ten freshman of the year in cross country, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but besides that, you know, we ultimately didn't achieve our goals. We didn't we didn't get to nationals that year. Um, I shortly after the cross country season, I had a, a back problem. Um, didn't run the first part of indoor. Um, so it, it was sort of a mixed bag freshman year. Um, and I think it almost always is for people. It, it takes an extremely talented freshman to come in and have immediate success because when you come in you're this 17, 18 year old kid and you're running now, especially with COVID against 23, 
23, 24-year-old mm-hmm. men. And there's a big difference um, in body type and training load. And um, coming in, I, I wanted to make the biggest splash I could, and I wanted to do everything I could. And um, ultimately, you, you need to take a healthy dose of, of patience and letting the system come to you. It takes a long time to adjust to a new training program um, and a new workload and being independent for the first time and not having your mom cooking meals at home and <laughs> you know, all that. So there's a lot of transition life and a lot of struggles and we can probably talk all day about it, but just having some patience and, and letting it come to you are, are, are two key points. Yeah. Did you have that perspective right away or did it take some time? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I could talk about this in retrospect now, but mm. uh, at the time, no, I was impatient. I was chomping at the bit because um, I was excited you know, and um, probably overzealous in some aspects and um took you know just you should just listen to all the guys on the team make sure they, they have the perspective that you need and so mm-hmm. um and that goes back to that choosing process of making sure you're, you're choosing the right team to have those senior guys and they know what they're doing yeah when did things start to click like when did you feel like you were settled in um they definitely started to click my second year um my second year, I got fourth in cross country at the Big Ten Championships and then indoors, I think third and second. So I won two medals in the 3K and 5K. And then outdoors, I won, I got second and second again um, in the 10K and 5K. So, you know, my second year, things definitely started clicking. Um, made, made the regional outdoors and then went to nationals outdoors in the 5K. Um, so I made my first national meet as a redshirt freshman and track. So that was really cool. So, and I, that was the last year they had it at the old Hayward field in Oregon. Mm. Um, so that was a really special one. Um, cause my first national championship was at Hayward and my last national championship was at the new Hayward. Um, so that was cool, but, um, yeah, they started to click second year for sure. Okay. How, uh, how different was your training from what you did at Carmel? Very different. Absolutely different. Um, Coach Altavo could tell you what workout we were doing seven months in advance. Like it was very scheduled and regimented. And at IU, I wouldn't know what workout I was doing until I showed up at the track. So mm. uh, very different um, in high, in, in, in college, you know, it, it had a much smaller team, you know, only, you know, 20 guys in the team or whatever, 21 guys. And much more individual, eh, individual isn't a really, isn't the word to describe it, but much more, um, communication with the coach, much more back and forth, um, how your legs are feeling, how you're coming out of workouts, how, you, how, how fresh you are. It's constant communication. And then the workflows are often scripted based on that. And the workouts are scripted based on how you feel. So, um, that's the number one thing, um, when you get to higher levels of running is that communication with the coach, because if they don't know what you're doing, they don't know how to, how to make you better. So, um, that was definitely the biggest change. Yeah. Um, how would you describe your, your coach at IU? What was he, what was he like? He's a veteran coach, Ron Helmer. He'd been doing it for long before I got there. I mean, he has been coaching, I think for 45, 50 years now, um, 30 plus years in college. He coached at Georgetown beforehand. He has probably had 500 all Americans. He's, he's one of the best to ever do it. And um, he's widely regarded as, as, as a great coach around the country and um, definitely one of the reasons why I, I joined on at IU. Uh, he coached me, he taught me how to race. 
And it's a skill that, you know, has, has benefited me greatly. And it's really cool to sit up in the stands at, at some pretty big meets like a nationals or, you know, a pen relays, a big college meet and just sit there and watch all these coaches, great coaches from other teams, you know, NAU, uh, with Stanford, North Carolina, Wisconsin, all the big powerhouses come up to coach Helmer and just start chatting them up and picking mm. his brain. And, um, he's known everybody, he knows everybody in the sport. He has a huge coaching tree and some of his, you know, disciples, if you call it people who've been under him or coached under him or ran for him, you know, you know, the Mike Smiths of NAU, um, uh, coach Miltonberg at Stanford and now North Carolina. Um, some of the best coaches in the sport are, you know, learn from the best. And that's, that's coach Ron Helmer. And he, this is his last year at IU. He's retiring after this year. And um, I can't credit him enough. I've learned so many things from him, both on the track and off, you know, his life, the life lessons, the things he's lived through um, are really inspiring. And he, he had a big impact on who I am. Yeah. What are some of the things that make him such a great coach? He tells you the truth. The first thing I would say is he tells you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. Uh, he cuts through all, he, there's no, there's no BS with him. Um, I mean, I've been, I've had countless races where, uh, you know, every, after every race, go, go up and sit down and talk with him. And he's like, there were some races where he's just like, yeah, you were terrible. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You were right. Uh, I don't know. what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's from a different generation. You know, he, I think a lot of people might get rubbed the wrong way by that, but I, I appreciated, you know, his perspectives on life. Um, the things he taught us, I mean, he, he's been, he was battling cancer for the past 10 years now, I think 12 years wow. maybe. Um, and he, I mean, you would hardly notice, like he shows up every day, you know, he'd go up to Indianapolis and get chemo and come back down and to practice and coach and act like nothing, nothing was wrong. And, you know, when you see something like that, like, it's hard to complain, like, Oh, you know, I, I don't feel really good today. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, you have no excuse and it's just, it's fresh. It's, it's, it's sort of freeing. Like, you know, you just have to go out and work hard. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about the guy for days and um, he, he's been a big impact on me, obviously. That's awesome. Uh, were there any points like while you're at IU that you like questioned, is this sport for me? Do I want to keep going? And were there any low points? Um, I mean, COVID kind of hit everybody. You know, we didn't know what the sport would look like on the other side. Um, and then this past year, you know, I had some rough patches for sure. Uh, leading into, you know, eventually turning professional with Under Armour. Um, there were definitely some rough patches. Um, I had a bout with anemia, some low iron levels, um, a foot issue, and just an outdoor season that I just didn't know what, what happened um, and didn't run well. And so there were definitely some question marks, um, but I never questioned why I was doing it. You know, I, I loved the sport. There was no, never really any doubt that this is what I wanted to be doing. And um, yeah, nothing of that sort. I think when you get to college and you're at that level, like if you're not, you're not going to be at an elite level if you're not loving what you do. Mm -hmm. um, because in high school, everybody's talented. And well, not every, the person who's most talented um, is going to win 95% of the time. That's mm -hmm. how it is in high school. In college, everybody's talented. That's the difference. And so to get to the top echelon at college, at the collegiate level, 
you have to truly love what you're doing and be willing to invest a lot of yourself into doing all the small things because those that's what makes the difference at this level um because everybody has that baseline talent so mm -hmm. I, I i don't think you get to this level just being apathetic about the sport i think you really do have mm -hmm. to love it yeah absolutely uh what was the COVID year like what uh what was going through your mind during that time I mean, it was, it was wild. I mean, I got COVID pretty early on in the whole thing, um, earlier than most. Um, so I dealt with that, but I mean, the first, I mean, it hit in March, right. And so we were at, we were at the indoor national championships, um, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico pre-meeting. So like we were going to race nationals the next day mm -hmm. and we get the word that, Hey, everything's, we're cutting it all. And, you know, we were all being sent home the next day instead of running nationals. And so that was pretty devastating, especially for a lot of our seniors who that was going to be their last race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were, we were depressed for a long time. I mean, there was no real direction. There was no end in sight. Like there wasn't like something to look forward to. Like we didn't know how long this was going to go on. And so ultimately, you know, we just sort of started training on our own in little groups and little pockets. Um, no one really knew how COVID spread at that time or either. It was so early on. And so we'd only run in groups of like twos or threes outdoors, even though now we know that it's pretty rare that that would spread in that situation. But um, so we just like write our own workouts. You know, I did like a, we did, a, I mapped out like a downhill mile with a wheel and we ran a downhill mile for fun. <laughs> we all ran, like, I, I ran like 350, my teammate ran 349. <laughs> And so like, it was just something fun to do. We were just doing it because we enjoyed it. We were doing workouts we wanted to do and we were just having some fun. Um, and it wasn't until the following winter that we really got back into serious training. Um, we had competitions to look forward to. I think it started in indoor track in like January. And then in, at the end of January, we had the cross country big 10 championships, which was mm -hmm. just wild. And yeah. cross country and indoor track at the same time. And, it was really hectic. Um, and, you know, people were getting sick and being pulled out for, you know, months at a time, waiting for cardiac testing with COVID complications mm -hmm. and all that. And so it was, it was just a mess. And, you know, a lot of people probably got weeded out in that process. And at the end of the day, you know, you got a you got a team and a group of people that the people who stuck it out were the people who really wanted to be there and really cared about the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and the sport got a lot faster as a result, um, you know, whether it was the introduction of super shoes or the fact that you had this year and a half training block where there was no competition. It was just time to train. So there was nothing to race. It was just uninterrupted training. Mm -hmm. And the sport just got a lot faster. The NCAA got a lot faster. The Olympics got a lot faster. Um, the United States got a lot faster. And so mm -hmm. um, it was an, it was it was a dreary time, but then it quickly turned into an exciting time in the sport where people were just left and right dropping times that were unbelievable. So, um, it was get fast or get out. So, yeah. um, there's really only one option. So, yeah. Were you able to get some good training in over that time? Yeah. Um, it was weird. I mean, you'd show up to practice in a mask and then you wouldn't be able to take off the mask until you started running. And then when you came back in to do drills, you'd have to put it back on in the weight room. You'd have to have the mask on and you COVID tested three times a week at 8am. And, mm. um, it was a lot of hoops to jump through because no one had the answers at the time. Um, everyone was just trying to guess at what was best and, you know, we got through it. 
Um, it wasn't in particularly the best time for college running, but um, on the other side of it, you got to see some really cool things. So um, I think anybody who, who ran college at that time would be, would tell you that they were happy they stuck it out. Yeah. Um, same question I asked for high school, but what, uh, what accomplishment or what moments were you most proud of during your time at IU? Um, I'm probably going to give you the same answer. Uh, we won two big 10 championships. Um, and the second, the first one, I didn't have a major part in playing cause I was a freshman in track, but the second one, uh, in 2019, um, our team, yeah, our team won the team championship and it came down. There were two events left, the 5k and the four by four and uh, on the starting line, it was me and Kyle Mao and Arjun Jaw who ran the slow heat. He won the slow heat. And so he was the number one time on the board. Um, and Kyle and I went to the line and our coach came up to us and said, we need 15 points to win, to win the title. And so like Kyle and I are sitting there doing the math in our head, like, okay, like you need, we need to go like, go like second and third. And, um, and our team knew the situation, like our high jumper had just won the high jump like five minutes before the start. And so we were in it and we had a chance to seal it up and we had a four by four, two, which was going to score. Um, but you know, Kyle and I, you know, being some leaders on the distance team and, and you know, Kyle for sure being a leader on the entire team, um, we wanted to put it away and, you know, the laps ticked by, it was pretty tactical early on. Um, but you know, as the laps ticked by like four laps to go, three laps to go, our team was on the far corner away from the start line. And every time mm. we came by, Kyle and I would be a little farther up and they would get a little louder. And mm. the next time we came around, we were, you know, it was a breakaway of just Morgan Beetle scum from Michigan state and me and Kyle, you know, with like 500 years to go. And our team was going nuts. And, <laughs> and I'll never forget just the visual of seeing my entire team, like crowding in on from the outside of the track, Chan, mm-hmm. Chan about Chan, the Hoosier chant and, um, our, 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 our sprinter record Brathwaite, like yelling in my face, like three lanes <laughs> away. And it's, it's the hat. It's the hat. I've always said it's the happiest I've ever been to get second place. Um, <laughs> cause we didn't, Kyle and I didn't win, but we got second, third and Arjun ended up taking eighth. Um, mm-hmm. and so we got all the points we needed and, um, we, we locked it up. We won the championship with that race as Kyle and I crossed the line in second and third and, um, it was a moment I'll never forget just being able to do that for the team. And, um, it, it still gives me chills. Like I'm, 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 yeah. I'm getting like thinking about it and, you know, it's just a really cool moment. Um, when you have a whole team of people, um, dedicated to one goal in mind and being able mm-hmm. to pull it off and being able to like seal the deal. Um, it was really cool. And then our four by four went out riding that high and they got like fourth or fifth in the race. Dang, when they like eight. It was just, it was, it was, it was a great, it was a great seven and a half hour bus ride home from the middle of nowhere, yeah. Ohio. Um, that was a cool moment. Dang, that's awesome. Where does that, like, where does that love for team come from? Have you always had that? Yeah. I mean, I always preached it. That was for sure. And I, I think it, it just started that freshman year in high school. Um, you know, when I didn't have a lot of individual success, but I was able to experience you know, all these great meets and all these fun bus rides and all these great national trips with guys that I worked out with every day and to see that work pay off in such a big way. I mean, it really showed that 
winning as a team is so much more fun than winning as an individual. I mean, I think my junior year in high school, I won the state championship individually, but we got second by seven points. Hmm. And I was really depressed that that whole bus ride home. I wasn't celebrating at all. I was, I was really sad because we were that close to winning as a team and hmm. it just didn't happen. We got beat by a really good team that day. Actually, my future teammate at IU, Cooper Williams in West Lafayette. But um, yeah, I just, it, it, it just seemed not that fun when you don't have people to celebrate with. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if, it, if it hadn't worked out to go pro, like how, how do you think you would feel slash what would you be doing if you weren't? Um, I don't think I would be sad or anything. Um, I ultimately, my goals with running is, you know, I just want to get the most out of it that I can. And if, you know, college running was the end of it, then, then so be it. Um, you know, it's given me so many life lessons. I think what's really important is that when you look at yourself and you look at your identity, you know, running isn't the only thing that's part of your life. Um, I have a lot more, I have a lot of things that I identify as not just being a runner. Mm. Um, that's pre-med student, you know, a friend, a basketball player, a spike ball player, a golfer, a, <laughs> a ceramic, a ceramic artist. Like, you know, I have a lot more things that I, that I find joy in than just running. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of athletes, especially in college, get wrapped up in that identity. And, you know, I did a, I did a, a public health project um, as part of my graduate certificate, developing a program that specifically targeted this um, mm. about athlete identity. And all of a sudden, you know, that's stripped away from you when you, when you, when you get into the adult world. And so um, I think I had a good perspective on it, uh, regardless if I had ended up running professionally or not. Um, and if not, I, you know, I, I'd probably be headed to med school and in med school right now. So, um, I'm glad, I'm glad running's worked. Um, and I'm glad I get to do it for a couple more years. And it's something I'm, I'm pouring my heart into because, you know, I only get to do this once. And at the same time, I know that I have other things in my life that, that are fulfilling and things I look forward to. And, uh, I think that's extremely important to have. Definitely. Can you talk more about this uh, athlete identity project that you're working on? Yeah, yeah. I um, So I did a graduate certificate in public health, and I worked with the Indiana University Athletic Department uh, as like sort of my final master's project. And I helped develop um, an athlete education program. It was called Who's Your Champs? Changing Health Attitudes and Mindsets Post-Sports. Um, and it was geared towards, there are a lot of resources devoted to athletes, especially at the division one level, um, while you're at a university, you know, whether it's, you know, the athletic trainers or the physical therapists or your mental health, um, and your physical health while you're competing for IU. Um, but there's not a lot of education geared towards, uh, athletes once they leave, how to obtain health insurance, how to find a primary care physician, how many times they need to see a doctor a year, um, things of that nature as well as the mental side of it um, about how your mindset needs to change as well. You know, for the longest time you're exercising because, you know, you have a lot of external motivators, you know, your teammates are asking you to work out, your coach is telling you to work out. Um, you're working out because, you know, you want to be really good at the sport, you know, the competition aspect of motivation. Um, and when you leave college and you leave college athletics, all those are stripped away. You don't have as many, you don't have your teammates asking you to work out. You don't have your coach telling you to work out and your motivation to compete 
is often stripped away as well. And so gearing this program at finding new motivations, whether it's health-based, pure enjoyment, um, things of that nature, being able to rewire your brain to make sure that you are still healthy um, and you still still actively exercise post-sports. Um, I think there was a stat that one-third of NCAA Division I football players uh, die of cardiovascular uh, disease, um, which is just an absurd statement. Um, it's, it's higher than the, than, the, than the national average. And it's just weird to think that these athletes at the top of their game um, in college, you know, just stop exercising and they don't realize mm-hmm. that you need to continually invest in your health and exercise um, to see those physical health benefits. So, so that was what the program was geared towards. And mm-hmm. um, the identity side was just one piece of it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it seems like that'd be something that you'd be like interested in or like realize like post running, like how, when did you start thinking about maybe like living a more balanced life? Um, and like, how'd that come up even like at the peak of the sport? Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think, you know, IU does a great job. They have a lot of resources that a lot of other schools don't even at the division one level. Um, specifically geared towards your career development. Um, they have this thing called the Excellence Academy, which has, you know, resume building, networking events, um, making sure that, you know, that you're planning for your life after college, especially college sports. And so I think just that, that, that messaging from the athletic department was, was very evident. And um, it was always sort of in the back of my mind. And so um, when I did my public health certificate, and uh, you know, I was learning about how to implement programs and education programs to combat, you know, epidemiological diseases. Like it just sort of came together as, as a project that I was, that I cared about and something that was relevant to me. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it just sort of came about that way. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so you recently signed with Under, Under Armour, correct? Yeah, yep. Under cool. Armour Dark Sky. That's awesome. Um, what was that process like? Um, when did you know that uh, turning pro could be a reality? Um, did you feel a lot of pressure in those last years of running at IU to, to make the stream a reality? Yeah, I mean, I think looking back at it, especially having some conversations with my coaches um, during seasons that didn't go well, I think I did put a lot of pressure on myself because um, I knew if I didn't run really well that this would be the last year I did it, um, which was ultimately pretty unhealthy. And it, it got in my head more than I probably would like to admit. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I dealt with some setbacks, um, but after my indoor track season um, where, you know, I broke four for the first time in the mile and then went and ran a 353 anchor on a DMR and, you know, had a 745 3K PR, which was like an eight second PR for me. Um, things really started to click. And, you know, that's when it really became a reality. Um, it, I, I had a couple offers on the table. Um, I was thinking about joining the very nice track club in Ann Arbor um, with coach Ron Warhurst, great group of guys, um, would have been a great situation. Um, and ultimately I had two, two great offers on the table and two great situations. I think I would have been successful at either place. Um, but ultimately, you know, Under Armour had a lot, a lot of support. Um, they're really investing into the professional running community and they 
they have they ha they care a lot um and I'm, I'm feeling that care and i'm feeling wanted again you know it's sort of like college recruiting all over again um yeah and you know it's, it's fun it's exciting to be out here in flagstaff you know it's widely regarded as you know the running capital of the world you know training at altitude something i've only ever really done once and that was only for three or four weeks and so i'm excited to see what it can do for my running career and hopefully i can just take another leap um and start competing you know it's sort of like being at the bottom of the totem pole again you come in and the talent level is all of a sudden you know exponentially harder mm -hmm. and it's, it's really gratifying to get in a group of guys again where i'm gonna get my butt kicked every day <laughs> and I'm run against guys who are literally some of the best in the world and um it's all about just accepting that challenge again i'm, I'm really looking forward to it yeah um do you know what what races you'll be running or what uh, distances or do you know anything like that? Yeah, roughly. Um, it's all pretty new. I mean, I got out to Flagstaff roughly a week ago and then we took a, we immediately took a trip to Baltimore um, to Under Armour headquarters where we did Under Armour Run Fest. Um, it was a great weekend. A lot of my teammates raced. It was fun to cheer my new teammates. They're fun to cheer them on. And it was great to see the headquarters get introduced to all the support staff behind the scenes to see how much they care about us as athletes um and how much and what, and what their vision is for the brand it's, it's really exciting to see and um so yeah i mean you know i've just only been out here for a week and um it's it's all just getting started you know everything's yeah. new everything's fun everything's exciting and um you know eventually i'll, I'll get extremely tired from the altitude training and i'll get <laughs> set into a rhythm and you know that's when the grind really starts and, and the work starts and um so, you know, we're just getting our feet on the ground. We haven't really come up with the race plan. We have a rough idea. Um, there's a couple of December meets at the, at BU, at Boston University, um, early in December that we might target. Um, mm. And then obviously, you know, U US championships and uh, indoors and out. So um, that's roughly the plan right now, staying on the track, maybe run a few road races here and there, but uh, mainly stay on the track, target the 5k and try to get, uh, try to get a world standard. So. Dang. That's exciting. Does it feel a little surreal? For sure. I mean, it feels like Christmas because I'm, I'm out here. <laughs> I've got like an extreme amount of Under Armour gear. It's all extremely nice. Um, mm -hmm. the shoes are great and, um, yeah, it's all clicking right now. I mean, I have no complaints. It's, it's, it's all really exciting. Like I said, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we move to the, the athletes corner and wrap up, um, is there anything from your running career, anything that we maybe missed, um, going back through everything? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, I think we've had a, a really good discussion so far. So, um, no, I think, I think, I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could talk all day for sure. I'm sure there's some things we missed. Um, okay. stories, Say it again. I got lots of stories to tell, but that we'd be here till midnight. So yeah, right. What time is it? There? Is it six there? It's six here. Yeah. Okay. Nice. We're three hours. Arizona doesn't observe daylight savings time, so oh. we're three hours ahead of Eastern time right now. But in the winter, when you guys skip ahead, we'll only be two hours behind you because our time change. Oh. We, we want to observe a, a time change here, so. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, okay. So athletes corner got some questions, some advice, 
um, for different things. You down for it? Yep. All right. So what advice would you give high school runner trying to make the most of their time in high school? Yeah, like I, like I said earlier, uh, just enjoy it. I mean, you're making friends for life. Um, you don't have to take it that seriously. You don't have to put that much pressure on yourself. Um, I think you get in trouble when you do so. And putting a lot of pressure yourself to perform at races and just doing it for the wrong reasons, I think can get a lot of people in trouble. So just make sure that, you know, you're really enjoying what you're doing. You take it, you take some time to just appreciate, you know, all the work you put in before a race and just step to the line, have it like, I literally just smile sometimes before a race, just because, you know, this is the part that's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And it's where the hard work all pay off. And so just enjoy your time. You don't have to take it that seriously. Um, don't stress about, you know, eating extremely healthy. I mean, I, I can't tell you the amount of Oreos I ate in high school. And, <laughs> you know, it all worked out. Yet. So um, there are levels to everything. And ultimately, just find, find what you enjoy and, and, and pursue that. Love it. Uh, what advice would you give a high school senior looking to run in college? Uh, any tips on handling the recruiting process? Yeah, just make sure it's, it's a good fit for you. I think some of the best advice I ever got was from my mom. And it was um, make sure that if running doesn't work out, that you're still going to enjoy where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure that's a good fit for you. So, like, if even if you go to the college and running doesn't work out, you get injured, you may be maybe you don't run all four years, you're still going to enjoy being at that college, getting a good degree, getting a good education. Um, because while collegiate running is fantastic and it's taught me so many life lessons, it's not, it's not the end of your life. There's a lot more things you need to be planning for and be setting yourself up for. And, you know, your education is definitely at the forefront of that. Mm, I like that. That's really good. Um, what advice would you give a young college runner transitioning to a new college program? Um, like a, like a transfer. I mean, or someone who's like a, like a freshman, sorry, that's probably, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you are in, in that, in that, in that first year of college, just know that it's not, it's not the end of the world. If everything doesn't go perfectly, it certainly didn't for me. Um, most people redshirt their freshman year, be patient with it. Um, it will come. I mean, you're going to get older, you're going to get miles under your belt. And just take a long look at the approach you need. Um, make sure that you're not just building, you know, days and weeks and months. You're trying to stack years of training on top of each other. And I think that's that's the biggest growth you get out of college is when you begin to stack those years of training together. For sure. Uh, what about maybe like a sophomore or junior who's questioning if running's for them, maybe considering quitting running in college? Uh, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've I've had a lot of friends who who've you know worked their way through that process and figured out that you know running wasn't for them in college. Um, and I think sometimes it's as simple as you know if you're still enjoying it, then keep doing it. And if you're not, and it's creating too much stress in your life, it's creating too many problems, then maybe take a step back. Um, maybe even taking a break is the best solution. Taking a semester off and evaluating if it's still the choice for you. I mean. And ultimately talk to your coaches, you know, communication is the biggest thing, you know, discussing these worries with you. Um, it's not the first time they've seen this. It's not the first time they've had an athlete quit. It's not the first time they've had an athlete transfer. Um, 
ultimately they've seen it all before if, if you've picked the right place. And yeah, I mean, like I said, running isn't supposed to be your entire identity. You should find joy in other things. And if running becomes arduous or something that is hard to keep up with, then it's not the end of the world. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really good. I think, or I imagine that, you know, for an elite college runner, like running has been maybe their identity or a big part of their life for most of their life. And for any college yeah, exactly. And I can imagine that'd be a super hard thing to give up. And you know, it's interesting, like how humans, I don't know how they identify, I guess, or like how they find meaning. Um, it can be tough to, to have balance in life to find, cause we only have, you know, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of energy that we can dedicate to things. And especially if you want to reach the highest level of something, like it's so hard to, to then pursue other things or to find meaning or joy or whatever in other things, but it is so important. Yeah. Um, and, and those times, like when you're injured or when maybe you're questioning things, even though it's like super tough, it gives you a glimpse into like your the other aspects of your life, you know, like what, uh, yeah. this is gone. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really rare actually to be able to chase your dreams and sometimes achieve them. I mean, you know, this is something I've dreamed about for bit for a long time. And to actually get to this point to see the journey that it's taken to get here, um, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed. You know, a lot of people don't have these opportunities uh, to chase something they've been dreaming about since child, since they were a child. Um, mm -hmm. And so I don't take that for granted. Um, I'm, I'm extremely, hum I'm, I'm extremely great, grateful for everybody that's helped me along the way, for everybody that's, that's had a part in this. And, you know, it's extremely, it's extremely gratifying when you see, you know, as I mentioned before, everybody reaching out to say, hey, this is super cool. I like, congrats. I'm happy you're doing this, pursuing it. And um, it just, it, it means a lot. It means a lot. For sure. Our last question is what advice would you give um, a college athlete looking to go pro? Uh, what does it look like to attract sponsors and what does that process look like? Well, I mean, I probably can't speak to this in full. I mean, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, the reality of my situation was I did not have a last a great last 12 to 18 months of my collegiate career. You know, I had a few bright spots, but you know, I I fell at the last two national meets I was at and finished dead last in both races, you know, one coming away with a concussion. And I had a lot of opportunities taken away from me. And um, so I didn't have as many options as people may think. You know, I I really had people who believed in me and believed that the best running was in front of me, not behind me, something that I, I take to heart. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I can speak to, to, to all of that, to, you know, attracting mm -hmm. sponsors, um, doing everything. But I think the main difference, at least for me between college and pro is that for the longest time, it was, it was about the team for me. It was about enjoying it. And now you know, I've gotten to the point where it's, it's, it's my choice. It's, it's about my running career. It's about what I want to do. It's about how far I want to pursue this. And that's extremely gratifying and extremely scary at the same time. Cause again, it's, it's all on me and just finding people that you think are going to get the most out of you. Um, 
I think is, is the healthiest way to go about that. Mm, that's good. Okay. Before we wrap up, I've got three questions for you. Um, first is what would you be doing right now? If you weren't running, um, it could be a dream job or something more realistic. Well, dream job, I'd be a golfer seven days a week, uh, with a ceramic video on the weekends. That's my retirement plans. Um, <laughs> are you going to get a goal? Realistic? Uh, good. Mm, well, that's all subjective. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's about, it. I, I enjoy going out there with some friends. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, high, high eighties. I play 18 holes, you know, anything from like 85, yeah, solid. 90, probably my standard. Um, yeah. and you know, and then ultimately, uh, doing med school. So, mm-hmm. um, pursuing, uh, professional running was always a goal of mine, but also going to med school and, and helping with sports medicine and becoming a sports medicine physician has also been a lifelong, a lifelong goal. So pursuing that. Cool. Um, if you could be a professional level good at anything else, what would it be? Golf's the easy answer because everybody mm-hmm. thinks golfers have easy, easy life, but I, I love mm-hmm. spike ball. Um, not much money in it, but I think uh-huh. spike ball, a professional spike ball player, really, really fun. Uh, I love spike ball playing on the beach with my brother and, um, yeah, professional spike ball. There we go. So I went to Purdue. Um, I know it's probably a sore, sore subject there, but, uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, there was these it's guys. Good the, it's good to know, show that at the end of this. Yeah. I was, was in it now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so there's these guys on my floor that were like obsessed with spike ball and they would always set it up like outside of our, our dorm in this like grass field. And by the end yeah. of, by the end of my freshman year, there was this like circle of grass, like the size of a spike ball net. And then probably uh-huh. like 20 feet out in like a, in a circle, just dirt, like right outside of our dorm. It was, it was. Something. Up. Yep. Yep. That's, I love this. That's beautiful. Yep. <laughs> okay. Last question um so i know you're like obviously new to professional running but even just as a, as a fan of the sport if you had unlimited money to improve professional running uh what would you do with it or how would you improve the sport man that's a great question um i think i would i would, I would first create a, a bunch more venues for it Mm. um you know, there's really only one outdoor track venue in the united states and it's in eugene oregon and it was built recently you know everything else is pretty much collegiate tracks um there's a few cool indoor tracks but outdoors yeah it's pretty much just eugene so i, I would build um some more stadiums uh to fill the sport uh, maybe at a halftime show or something but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I would also spend a lot of money on uh, getting like ESPN to stream every race um, yeah. or some. Um, there's a lot of different streaming networks, you know, FlowTrack, Runner Space, Mile Split. There's a ton out there. USATA, USATV, um, you know, whatever it might be. So maybe just condensing that into like one sport that just broadcasted it all, had great announcers, um, you know get some football announcers to care about track and field <laughs> and uh, give, give great commentating and things like that. So mm. I think that's what I would do with unlimited money, create a, create one singular streaming platform or, or ESPN to just take it and okay. broadcast everything. That's a good idea. My, um, 
my or yeah my inspiration for this question um came from grant fisher's podcast i listened to him okay. talk about his idea for for this and i actually really liked it. it what what would he do yeah he uh so similar to uh golf and tennis he would have four majors throughout the year okay. um so i don't know if he if they like replace the olympics i'm sure not and like world championships but um instead of having like all these different meets all over like everyone would be geared towards i mean you'd have like some tune-up meets but be like four majors that's pretty interesting yeah no no that's 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 probably a good idea you could probably you could add like like similar to tennis you could have like you know the clay court be like cross country yeah outdoor track track major yeah that'd be cool you have to have the olympics i mean yeah the olympics are the Olympics are, are, are the every every runner's dream. I mean, mm-hmm. every four year I think I mean there's so like the Olympics is the oldest sporting competition in the world. True. It's, I mean, yeah, the Olympics is the pinnacle. So I, you can't ever get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like that idea. I thought it was obviously it'd take a, a lot of money, but it's kind of, he, kind of realistic. Yeah, he definitely has much better perspective on that than me. Um, and that's a great yeah, I would love that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. Um Anything else before we wrap up? No, thank you for your, thank you for interviewing me. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was awesome meeting you and I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, all the best to Carmel high school this year. I'll be cheering from afar and, uh, yeah. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you.